Hey there, everybody. What's up? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 183 for Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. I'm Steve Wichel in New Orleans. And I'm Tony B coming to you from New Jersey. What's happening? Oh, there's so much happening, Tony. Always, always a lot going on. Steve. Yes. Cover Band Central. Yes. Place where it's all happening. Right. Uh, we do this live every week on Tuesday uh, evenings at 10 or 8 o'clock Eastern PM time. Uh, but we also upload this as an audio podcast. So anybody that listens as the, to the audio, we appreciate you coming back. But if you want to watch it live on video or on a replay on video, you could do that on the Cover Band Central Facebook page, in the Cover Band Central Facebook group, and on the Cover Band Central YouTube channel. There's a link in the description for the YouTube channel. Click on that link and hit subscribe so you could join in on the shenanigans and fun all the time when we go live. Uh, what else do I need to tell people, Tony? Um, if you're coming in here live, come on in and say hello. Tell us where you're from. We will say hello back. We always like to know who's here and where you're watching from. And Steve, how do they do that if they're watching on StreamYard? How do they get their name up so that? Well, if they're watching, if they're watching in the Coverband Central Facebook group, you'll need to click on the link that lets StreamYard show your name, so we know who you are. Otherwise, you don't have to do that. Only in the group. Okay. Eric's here. What's up, buddy? What's happening, Eric? Says good evening, good evening gentlemen. To you too. Eric is a bass player. Plays on Bourbon Street, like I do. George is in uh, Geneva, Illinois. He's got a nice Les Paul there, Gold Top. He does not play on Bourbon Street, however. No. He's got a nice guitar there, though. He does. Nice guitar. Uh, also got to tell you that you can give stars during this broadcast. That is a digital gift to give to us. We do this all gratis. So if you want to throw a little love back, that's a way to do it. You buy a pack of stars, throw them our way. You could do that during the broadcast or during the replay. Uh, we do appreciate that. Anything that you want to throw in our way. Um, so, and it seems like when you give stars, the words have more meaning to you personally. So that's always a good they thing. Do. Too. They do. You'll 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 internalize you'll unlock, them more, and you'll unlock some hidden attributes to them. Which <laughs> yes. We can't talk about until you get stars. Then then they could then all will be revealed. Right. Sanford's in the house. Yep. Sanford's back from Texas. What's up, buddy? Um, Jeffrey said, this is my first time watching this, but I'm very excited about it. His name is Jeffrey and lives in Austin, Texas. Thanks, Jeffrey. Appreciate awesome, you. We're excited, Jeffrey. too. Yeah, we're always excited. Eric said he wouldn't bring that gold top to Bourbon Street. I can see why he would say that. Because Bourbon Street <laughs> can be can be uh, unpredictable. <laughs> so what are you saying? Bring some crappy gear with you that you don't well, no. get theft up, you mean? But don't bring a $3,000 gold <laughs> Les Paul. Unless you have some uh, bodyguards with you. Right. Gloria's in Gilroy, California. And Nettle, Nettie, sorry, is in Canada. Yeah, what's up, Nettie? Yes. So, uh, the big news we announced last week, Tony, about the Hercules contest. Uh, we're giving away once a week a Hercules 2-in-1. And I had the box here and I put it over there. Now I can't reach oh, it. Well, you know, it looks like this. It's a Hercules 2-in-1 tablet phone holder for your mic stand. Um, they are super sturdy, super versatile. They work great. I use it myself. And we're giving one away each week of in October. And we gave one away yesterday. And you can enter this week at coverbandcentral.com slash contest. Enter to win. There's a link in the description, too. Make it easy for you. Just click on that link and enter that way, and we will announce the winner on Monday next week at uh, it's a uh, noon central, so one o'clock p.m. Eastern time is when we announce the winner. But check that out; it's free. Hercules Gear, the best uh, company in the business, making stands and things like that. We're giving something away for the rest of the year, every week. So every week, every week, lots of gifts coming your so way. So it's free. I mean, there's free. no reason to not enter this contest. It, you can get a free thing. Uh, the only reason would be if you live outside the United States. Unfortunately, it's only for U.S. residents. And if you already won, which is there's only one person who already won, so they can't enter again. But anybody else? Or if you are affiliates of Caribbean Central, yes, Hercules stands. Uh, Tony Warren Incorporated, Steve Butcher LLC, right. not eligible. Right. In Austin, they have their own version of Bourbon Street. It's called Sixth Street. I've been there. Uh, 
couple times. Between seventh and eighth? I, I mean, between fifth and seventh, I assume? I think so. George said he gets grief with the gold top from a lot of people for taking it out to the bars, but he only paid 300 for it in 86. Well, there you go. It's a work for 70s That's deluxe. That's like my brother's guitar, man. He paid 500 bucks for a Gibson Les Paul and a Marshall Stack. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And then he sold the Marshall Stack for 500 bucks. Edward said hi from New York. He spelled hi wrong, yeah, but that's no, okay. I think, he's in, I think he may be indicating something. Oh, I see. It's a little bit of a double entendre something. Mm-hmm. Michelle just simply said hello, Michelle. A double entendre. Um, Jackie's in Bolivia, La Paz City. Excellent. Nice. Michelle is in the yeah. UK. Uh, very cool. So, yeah, the contest, guys, enter. It's free to enter, and, you know, you can't. You got to be in it to win it. That's but, Steve, if I live out of the country, but I have family or friends that live in the country that are members of Cover Band Central, I could technically have them submit their name for me and then ship it overseas once, it's, once you've procured the prize. You could technically do that, yes. We would have no way of knowing that you're doing that. Correct. So that's fine. Go right ahead and work the system. Just get, ent- get, get entries going, you know? Got to be in it to win it. We said it at the top, Elizabeth, but she asked, where are y'all? I am in New Orleans, and Tony is in New in Jersey. Where did you say? <laughs> the Batcave. Batcave. Sanford's not the only one with the Batcave. That's where Sanford is, yeah. Yeah, but he's not the only one. We all got Batcaves. I should, yeah, I should leave our names up, too, just for people who are popping in so they know how to address us. What's up? Um, <laughs> I like it. Greg said, what up, gentlemen? And you, too, as well. Greg, on route to L.A. Kings game here, because hockey, cool. Yeah. Um, Greetings from Estonia, Facebook user said, dear coverers. I like that. And Michelle, I'm sorry about your dog. She said her dog was put to sleep yesterday. That's the picture Uh, of her dog. Yeah, Michelle, that's still to this day one of the hardest things I ever had to do in my life was put my first dog down. Yes, losing an... And subsequent ones after that. It's always very, very hard. Yeah, losing a pet is devastating and it stays with you yeah so we feel you michelle our our love and condolences go out to you for losing your your puppy um all right 14 years old okay irish is here says hey guys good run yeah so um what's going on in your world any any new uh band things i played over the weekend Nice. With a sub, a sub bass player who, oh. did, who did very good. Very, you know, and, and let's talk about that for a minute, right? We always say, like, if you're going to sub for a band, make sure you come prepared. Yes. Um, so we had one rehearsal with this guy. His name is X, Xavier, super talented bass player. Okay. He came prepared to rehearsal, knew all the songs had a couple of questions about endings and segues as you know we always do sure and then we couldn't get to all the songs on the list and he said don't worry i'll be ready i'll you know i'll go over them at home and he did you know we got to the gig and it was great played great and sounded you know sounded just like it always sounds and uh he did a great job and he's actually subbing again with us on uh this week on friday night nice so did he use any charts or any sort of notes for himself no he just learned it all to me- committed to memory. That was it. No cheat sheets. I mean, he may have had cheat sheets like when he was learning it at home because he said mm-hmm. he made notes, but he didn't have anything on stage with him. He had no, no no tablet up, no notebook out. His phone wasn't out. So, yeah. You know, committed to memory, Steve. That's what rhythm section guys do. That's great. That's fantastic. You don't, you don't drummers with iPads up, do you? Uh, well, sometimes. <laughs> Jamie said, welcome back. Welcome <laughs> back, Jamie, from Nova Scotia. Yeah, Jamie, what's up? Um, Elizabeth said, asked how long we've been playing. And, oops, I went to the wrong one. Here we go. How long we've been playing. Um, I've been playing bass for almost 40 years. It'll be 40 years in February. Tony? I've been playing with myself for over 54 years, but I've been playing drums for 50 almost. Wow. Believe it or not. So you got me by a decade. A little bit. Yeah. 
but really probably professionally like closer to your like 40 years you know because the first 10 years is like grammar school band and state band and county band and those sort of things you know marching band i wouldn't you know but i was playing i was playing to covers you know in, in my parents basement when i was in like sixth seventh grade okay you know? so that that's got to count for something you're probably 10 years old at that point so yeah north of 40 Got 40 years of all kinds of wisdom and mistakes and things to tell you what to do and what not to do, which right. is how we started this whole chaotic show known as the Wisdom Hour. Yes. What's up, Emma from Kansas? Emma. There's some flowers there. And just think nice. what it's evolved into, Steve. It went from our simple co- conversation to now we're, we're giving away stuff from Hercules. I know. And you have over 400,000 people in the group. I mean, this is huge. 500,000. 500,000, sorry. Half a million people. On the page. The on the page. All right. So we got to get page, the page. There's a group. Correct. There's a whole Half thing. a million on the page. Right. Gotcha. Right. 500 so, equals page. So, yes, combined almost a century. Big time learning in those early years, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. We have That should be one of our selling points. Combined, Tony and I have... Nearly a century of, yeah. and of they're like, experience. These guys must be super old and dated and are not plugged <laughs> in to what's going on in the scene. Oh, I can remember 1970 when I played that high school gig and we used to do it this way. No, it's not that type of show. It is I hope I hope you never talk like that, Tony. It, no, you know. I, I will never talk like that. That's why I'm being facetious, saying like, you know, that could be kind of <laughs> misleading by saying that. They might expect to see like, you know, old guys, like really old guys, right? Not well, middle aged old guys, but like super old guys, you know? Right? Yeah, we're kind of old, but not super old. No, definitely not old. I don't consider myself old. I don't either. I don't feel it old, except my back sometimes. Otherwise, no. I just refuse to dye my hair. That's why I look older than I am. Right. You know, which is fine. It's very distinguished. You with your scotch and your gray hair and your... Yeah, playing drums, you know, living the life, baby. (laughs) Um, And those are the things you learn at a young age, Steve. You look at the instruments and you say, hmm, do I want to play trombone or do I want to play drums? I never had that choice because I grew up in a house of drummers. So drums was, you know, I never played any other instrument except drums. Huh. Not even recorder. Really? You didn't play recorder in school? No. Nope. I did. I went right to drums. I did. I played, they called it a flutophone, but it was a recorder. It was the same thing. But second grade, I remember we would have flutophone, flutophone practice. I don't remember how often. It was at least once a week, maybe a couple days a week. But it was second grade. That was a long time ago. Um, but I remember, yeah, we Saints go marching in. Three Blind Mice. Hot all Crust Buns. I don't remember learning that one. It's the same as Three Blind Mice, pretty much. Oh, is it? Okay. Very similar. But the first instrument that I really wanted to play, Tony, can you guess what it is? Um, Drums. No. First instrument I wanted to play was piano. I mm. loved piano. And there was a piano in my kindergarten class. I remember this very vividly. And like it right in the classroom and your kindergarten, you're in that same room all day. You know, you're coloring, you're painting shit and whatever, you know, you're. And then you jumped up and slid down the piano like Jerry Lee Lewis and started <laughs> jamming out some tunes and everyone was like. No, oh. I was five in kindergarten, I believe. So yeah, okay. I wasn't quite there yet, but I did like I would tinker on it. And then I, I know I had heard uh, chopsticks somewhere. It was like on Sesame Street or something, you know, I had heard it. So I, and I figured it out by myself on, on piano. I just went over and I figured it out, out chopsticks. Of course, chopsticks is incredibly simple and stuff, but I was five and I figured it out by ear. So I, and, and I was always asking my parents as a kid, I'm like, can we get a piano? And it was always no, because we lived in a small apartment, you know, until I was, until I was about 10 and then when we got to the house, we moved to Parsippany. And uh, I think I had given up asking at that point. Uh, but yeah, piano. That's what wow. I wanted to play. I, I still love playing piano. I'm not that great at it. But I tell you what, dude, and I, I haven't done this a lot, but I did play a piano on stage this past weekend. Or a keyboard, anyway. But it was a piano song. And... 
we have right now the band I'm playing in. For those of you who don't know, I play on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. I play three days a week, days right now, uh, at a place called Bourbon Bandstand, 2 o'clock to 6.15. And uh, we had this week, we, we've normally been going uh, bass drums, guitar, and two singers. We did have a keyboard player, but he was exited, and we talked about it a few weeks ago. Well, he was exiled, you mean? He was exiled. He was exiled um, from the band. So we've been doing it without keyboards. But this guy who's a singer plays across the street in the night band across the street on the same days. Um, also plays guitar, also plays drums, also plays bass. And I guess he felt like he could play keyboards too. So I gave him a song list. He went over that stuff and he played keyboards with us this past weekend. Um, and it was, gig and then went to his night gig. And then went to his night gig, yeah, across the street. And, uh, you know, he did a good job. You know, he's not a killer keyboard player, but he did a good job. You know, he learned the songs and he and he could play, you know, well enough, proficiently enough to get through the songs. Well, and it sounds like he's proficient enough on a bunch of instruments. So that's, yeah. a, that's a talent, good talent to have. Mm. You know? But Steve, do you think it's a better talent to have to be like, pretty good at all those instruments or to be like really good at just one to be like a first call guy and be a master of your instrument i don't know that's that's you know? a that's a it, it's a that's a like based on certain people in certain certain situations like this guy is an excellent singer you know and, and he's also a very good guitar player um I'd, i he's he's kind of an overachiever which isn't a bad thing in this case, um, he just loves music and he, you know, he sets himself, he's focused on whatever it is he wants to do and he does it. He's in good shape. You know, he goes to the gym a lot. He's, he's like, you know, he's a go-getter, this kind of guy. So for him, I think it's fine, but for certain people, yeah, if you're spreading yourself too thin where you're not able to be like really good at anything, yeah, then yeah, then that's not the way to go. But I think too, at a young age, you you see talent developing in children, and they you have to capitalize on that. Like if someone has a natural affinity to be able to play an instrument, they should definitely be encouraged to pursue that. You know, because that's totally a, a gift, right? As oh, opposed yeah. to having a great desire to want to play an instrument, but not having any natural ability to do that. You know, right? It's still possible to succeed, but you just need to put a lot more work into it. Right. Know? Good night, Elizabeth. You can watch the re if you're leaving us. You can watch the replay, the rest of it after we're done. Debbie's uh, or Deborah's here. Thanks for sh stopping by again, Deborah. She's too cool for the pool. We we are both very good. Jason said he wanted a piano as well, uh, and grew older, but then drums and guitar. Yeah. Um, yes, five in kindergarten. Uh, yes, it was good mathing. She said. Yeah, I think it also depends when you were born too, because I could, I'm pretty sure when I started kindergarten, I was four. Yeah, I was born. I, I'm July. Um, so I was kind of young. I was always younger than everybody a little bit, like by four months or five months or, mm. um, so I kind of started young. Um, start him young, Stevie. Love back to you, Jenny. Jenny. Thanks for the love. We appreciate you. Um, so what happened was, uh, we got a request, uh, we're using, uh, and I should mention this every time, Tony, because this is, I hope. I, I don't know if you're in a situation where you can do this, but I hope any other band or musician that's in a situation where you can take tips or take requests, use please use this. It's it's there's no reason not to. Juke.band. It's it's not really an app. It's just a, a a thing on your phone. You set it up. You put in your your song list, and then you put out QR codes in the venue. People can scan the QR code. They don't need to download an app. They don't need to download anything. They just scan the QR code and up pops your your song list and they can tip the band and request a song that way. I'm using it every time I play and we're, dude, we're making a lot of money in tips using this thing. So I encourage everybody out there, juke.band, go there. I did put a link in the description for this too and uh, use it and just let them know Cover Band Central sent you. That's all I ask. And so so when you use that, Steve, is it so you put like two hundred songs up or whatever your repertoire is, right? Yeah, yeah. Put your whole song list in your yeah. whole list up. Uh -huh. Now you get to the gig, and you, you know, in your case, you're going to play like you know seventeen or eighteen sets. So 
when you start the set list for the night, do you have a set list? And then as people are QR coding you and, and sending their requests in with money, you just have to, you, is there a point in the night where like the whole set is all requests? Yes, that does happen. I, um, but I don't use a set list. I, I just call songs and I'm calling the show. I'm the one that calls the show, but I don't have a set list, but I do have a general idea of songs I'm going to pick and a general direction I'm going to go, but there right. does, do you have a reference list in front of you or somewhere? Oh, yeah, yeah. That so you know the, the master list? Yeah, I have that all this. Like, I have lists by singer. So we have two lead singers. So I have each one of their lists right in front of me. Got so it. I And I go back and forth. So I try to keep it fair. Try to keep it like, you know, each one gets to sing equal amount. But I'm going to get to that, too, in a little bit. Um, but... Um, yeah, there there does generally come a point most days that we play where we're just doing requests, where they start to pile up in the queue, and it's like, okay, Jennifer's song is next, and then Mark wanted to hear this, and then, I mean, it's, yeah, and it makes my job so much easier as far as calling a show, and plus makes us a lot more money. It's just, well, have it's you ever a, gotten to a point where you couldn't get to everybody's requests? Yes. They just piled up? Then what happens at that point? Does, does, does Jeff come up at the end of the night and say, F you, man, I paid you 20 bucks, you didn't play my song? No, no, no. People are more than uh, more than willing to give us a tip either way, you know. And, and I will always be honest with people on the mic, and if people request a song because they can put in their own song that's not on the list, but I'll always be honest with them and say, you know, we don't know this. Can we do a different song from that band, or you got a different choice? And I mean, every single time I've done that, they always say, ah, "Don't worry about it. Keep the tip." So anyway. Getting back to the piano thing, we got a request for Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue, uh -huh. and and the, the this our new keyboard player didn't know it, but I know it on piano, but he can, and he can play bass. So we switched instruments. But he I knew got, it on bass, huh? He knew it on bass though. He knew it on bass, but he didn't know the piano part. And um, I got a little funny story about this, but yeah, I went and played piano on that song. And I, I've never played that on stage, uh, that song. And it's easy. I mean, it's Tommy Lee. And you Lee. couldn't pull a Getty Lee where you just played that part with your bass hanging on you, and then when it's, I'm on my way, you just I could bass and start jamming out? I could, but I thought it was more fun for us to switch in instruments. That yeah, seemed like one thing. Sure. But I, I, I learned that song when it came out. I, I always had, I've always had like keyboards around the house, and I learned that. And I was a big Motley Crue fan. I learned that song. And... Shortly after that was out, I was in college and I was majoring in music and I took a piano course and I learned quite I a bit. <laughs> I know, right? And I learned quite a bit in that. But they, the college had um, these rooms with uh, like isolation rooms with pianos, with real pianos, where you could go and like soundproof, you know, close the door, mostly soundproof, close the door and go in. And, and I would always go in and do my practicing for whatever my assignment was and I would always play home sweet home because that was something that I had learned and I loved playing it on piano and I, I used to play it like every time I would go in there and although it was kind of soundproof I, I remember proof I remember there were I was playing it one day and I could hear people outside talking and I heard somebody say like if that guy plays that song one more time I'm gonna <laughs> So, of course, you were like, three, four. Right. Come and get it, boys. Right. So, anyway, I played it on stage this weekend. Sweet home busted nose. Right. But, so the topic I chose today, getting to that now. Yeah, what do we got? Which, I think you'll like it. Let me see some more other comments here. Uh, Deborah said, I love playing piano by ear as a child. However, I do devote more time into one particular instrument and the theory at present. Very good. Definitely learn some theory. We should, we've never had a theory, music theory conversation on this show, have we? Theoretically, no. We should do that at some point. We should. That would be good to have. Yes. By the way, just in case you missed it, you can enter the contest to win a Hercules... A uh, two-in-one phone and tablet holder. It's free to enter, enter, and you'll win, maybe. But you can't win if you don't enter. Go to coverbandcentral.com slash contest and do that. 
All right. So topic for the evening. Topic is is about competition. And there's a reason that I brought up this topic. But what I'm talking about here is competition competition versus creativity. And and the mindset of each one of those and how they can be uh produce different results. And so we have two singers that we use in the band. They're, they're both guys, relatively the same age. Uh, um, maybe not. One is one is maybe quite a bit younger, actually. Maybe about ten years younger. And they they have gotten along. You know, it's been a, a few weeks, maybe a month that they've been working together in this band, and they've gotten along pretty well. You know, um, but one of the singers is is clearly more ambitious than the other one. And the other one this weekend got upset uh, because the, the the ambitious guy was singing more songs. And we we got a request from this guy, handed us $40, and said, can you play Hemorrhage by Fuel? And I was like, I feel confident I knew it. Jason, the drummer, knew it. Guitar player didn't know it, but the our keyboard player who plays guitar said he could he could probably do it on guitar. And then the ambitious singer guy said, I don't know, but I'll try it. Forty dollars. So I'm on the mic too all the time, and I'm like, All right, this guy wants to hear we've never done this song. We're gonna try to figure it out. He's gonna go play guitar, we're gonna look up the lyrics, we're gonna try to figure it out. So ambitious guy. Brought up the lyrics and we got through the song 90% of it correct, I would say. 95% of it correct, probably. Okay. Because um, I've played it before. I just haven't played it in a long time. And then that dude, that same guy who requested it, came up and handed us a $100 bill. As a thank you. As a thank you for doing it and get and doing it well. Um, so we made $140 for one song. Yeah. And so the attitude of this guy, this singer, it has been that, you know, and was especially evident this weekend. An ambitious guy. Yeah, it was especially evident this weekend with the same sort of circumstances, not for for as much money, but of people coming up saying, hey, can you play this? And we're like, ah, we don't know, but yeah, we'll try it for, you know, 20 bucks, whatever. Um, And the the other guy, the other singer was getting, feeling threatened about it. You know, you could you could tell very clearly that he was sort of jealous and, and feeling threatened by this other guy because he, he's just he's not stepping up to the plate like the ambitious guy is. And so that got me to thinking about the whole competitive mindset. They each bring something unique to the table. They're they're different singers. They, they have a different range and they they're both, you know, very different personalities. You know, they're both guys, you know, kind of relatively the same look about them. Um, but, you know, they're each unique. And everybody is unique. And and him having that sort of competitive mindset is detrimental to not only himself, but to the entire band. And that, that was evident this weekend. So... I, I, you guys are all splitting the tips equally, though, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so whether, you know ambitious guy sings 10 songs and I sing one or vice versa, right? The whole band is sharing in that $140 tip as a collective effort. Right. But what's interesting when you say is competition versus creative. I mean, I think it's more of a mindset where if you're in competition, I feel like there's always a, a an element of fear there, right? Because why, you know, why else would you be competing, right? Unless you had something to prove, you know, it's different if it's a car racing, right? It's not who's more creative, right? It's who has the faster car. In horse racing, right? It's who's the faster horse. So in competitive things, I think you need to have a competitive mindset and you think a lot differently when you're in competition. But to your point, when you're in creation, you're, a competitive mindset will be a detriment to you because I think a competitive mindset has some negative connotations to it in a team environment. It can be healthy to help push each other, 
But the instant that someone becomes intimidated by that or feels like, oh, I'm not pulling my weight, they're, they got to get out of their own head, right, and get out of the competition, you know, mindset. Or, like you said, you've, they've checked out of being creative anymore because the focus now is, oh, I'm being outshined, you know, or right. I don't feel like, I, I, you know, I should have been singing that song. Well, you know, maybe instead of being competitive, you use that opportunity to say, you know what? Part of being creative is taking risks, right? And not being afraid of failing. That's why you said like, hey, we don't know, but we'll try it. What do we got to lose? If we don't try it, here's your money back, right? Potentially. And nothing ventured, nothing gained. But he hey, let's give it a shot. Uh, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, I, I think, I don't know, but I'm willing to try it. That kind of attitude is always going to win out over uncertainty or well, I don't know if we should do that or, you know, depending on the situation, it's like, hey, we're going to jump off this cliff and, and grab onto that branch out there with no harness on. That might be something where you say, well, I don't know. Let me think about that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right? I haven't done that before. I could I could get really hurt. <laughs> I could die from but, that. As yeah. someone saying, I play a song, what, what's the worst thing that happens? Your ego gets a little bruised if, you you know, you play a wrong note or you, or you fall down or you can't get through it. You've already let the crowd know, hey, we don't do this song, but we're going to give it our best shot. Right. And, and the thing you is, know? when you do that, the crowd is on. You've got the crowd entirely on your side entirely on your side and they, they any like mistake you make if you laugh it off on stage they're gonna laugh with you not at you right. they're gonna they're on your side they're, and they're gonna cheer you on because of that because of the fact that they they see your your warts and, and all but you that's know? a great point steve because like you said if we said hey we play this song better than the band across the street <laughs> right. does, then everyone's like okay let's see it man show us like prove right. it prove it you know but to your point exactly, when you have empathy with the crowd, you say, hey, listen, we're going to try our best for you guys, and we're in this together because we don't know the song, but we're, we're, we're going to try to do it because we owe it to you guys. But you say yeah. it's win-win because even if it goes down in flames, everyone's still going to applaud you for trying. Right. But if you don't try, you might get booed. Right. But, yeah, right. like Deborah said, that you're human, and, and that's the thing. That, that resonates with people, that humanity, because music is about humanity, it's about feeling, it's about love, ultimately. And, and when people feel that from you, they can't help but feel it too, and, and then send it back to you. It's a reciprocal thing. And um, so, so that guy, we did that, $140 we made for playing that song, came back the next day early and said, and handed one of my singers another hundred dollar bill and said can you please do that song again when i come back he gave us a hundred dollars and he left like i'll be back later when you when i come back can you do that and <laughs> when, you're, when you're on business i'll be back next month <laughs> make sure you remember me <laughs> and we were like sure and um and he, he came back that. later and then we <laughs> did it we did it again and we did it better um Joe said you need to be louder. So can can you be louder somehow? Maybe I can bring my mic closer. Or maybe to my I'm just like that. Or maybe you just don't have me up loud enough. Maybe I'm just too loud. No, I don't. Ha I don't control your volume. I have no control over that. No, I'm, I'm loud, man. I can't be much louder. I'll be distorting on my end. All right. But I will say what, a point you made was it's about the experience, right? It's about not only the experience for the band, and I don't mean experience like you know. Um, years of experience or, or wisdom. I'm saying experience like life experience, right? Like they're out in a club to have a good time, to experience Bourbon Street, interact with the band and have fun, right? So that's what it's all about. So if, if you've delivered that experience, even if it's only 80%, it wasn't perfect. Like you said, you're way better off. Competition eliminates that, right? It creates that me against you, right? It's not a team thing anymore. Right. When you create you're delivering an experience for people, right? And you're taking that risk for yourself to experience the joy that may be found in that as well. So that's that's what it's really all about, right? There shouldn't really be any competition. And again, you experience different sorts of dynamics on Bourbon Street than I would playing in my band because I don't have, you, you, oh, even with a substitute coming in, like there's no competition. Like he's going to take the, our regular guy's job right. or I hope he's good enough, you know? Just right. comes in and it wasn't like, you know, again, like you set the expectation, right? It's not like, oh, come here. I really hope you learn these songs because we've got a lot of important gigs coming up and we're counting on you. Right. Like, no, no one wants to hear that, you know? Right. What they want to hear is like, 
dude, thanks for, you know, taking on the gig and learning all these songs so you could help us out. Really appreciate it. Yeah. You know? And, like, you're grateful for it. So already you're coming from a different perspective of, hey, welcome on the team. It doesn't, you know, regardless if you're great or just good, we still appreciate the fact that you're helping us out for these next two gigs. Right? right. It's not like, oh, if you fall down on the first gig, you're not coming back on the second gig. It's not like an audition, you know, where there's any type of pressure. Right. And you can tell from a seasoned player like like this guy is that he's going to come prepared and do a great job because he wants to have for his own integrity. You know, not like, let me show these guys what I can do. Right. But just like, I want to do the best job that I can possibly do with my instrument, regardless of who I'm playing with. Right. And that's the correct mindset to have because that, that will open up doors for you. That w- that when, when you're grateful and other people are grateful for you, then you can't be in a competitive mindset. You're just, you can't, those two can't coexist that, that gratitude and well, well, I'm, I need to be better than so and so. Right. Because like you said before, that's a fear based mentality. You know, that like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because there's always going to be somebody better than you. Always. You're never going to be the, there's no person that's the best. That's a subjective thing. You know, some people might say, Eddie Van Halen's the best guitar player ever. That's their opinion. And you can't tell them that they're wrong because there's certainly enough evidence to back that up. But somebody else might like a different style of guitar playing than, than Eddie had. So somebody might say like, uh, Al Demula is the best guitar player ever. Jazz player, incredible talent. And Eddie didn't you walk know. around like I'm the best. Check this out. Right, right. You know? He wasn't competing with anybody but himself. Exactly. He just had the confidence to know that hey, I'm very proficient at what I do, and I'm probably one of the top-rated players on the planet. But you know, certainly I have more to learn, and certainly there's no ego there. You know, he didn't like I said, didn't present himself that way. You know. Right. He was a humble guy who just was super talented and right. just wanted to play guitar, you know? Yeah, so if you find yourself, I mean, that's what we're trying to get to. Like, if you find yourself, pay attention to your thoughts and the way the way you approach being in a band, playing with other players. If you find yourself thinking that you're feeling like you're competing with other people or other bands, try to shift your perspective and shift your mindset into into one of a creative one because that that's going to get you way further all around than than trying to compete and it's understandable because it's so ingrained in like social media in popular culture with like competition sh- shows like for musicians yeah and and you know, just on social media in general and don't get sucked into that you know, tr- try to look at the love for what you're doing and focus on that and and what you can create from that. There's always going to be somebody better than you. I play on Bourbon Street and there's a bunch of bass players that smoke me, you know, but I, I, it doesn't matter to me. That doesn't matter at all. I am me. I do what I do. I am unique to me. You know, there's there's nobody else that plays exactly like me. So... That alone is all you need. Well, and the instant that you're in competition with someone, you've lost focus on what you should be concentrating on. Right. right. So you're already behind. It's already a detriment to yourself, right? Because you're so concerned with what that they're doing or that guy's doing or that band's doing that you're distracted from being bringing your best. Because then you're not bringing your best from a creative, you know, uh, element or a, a place of creation. You're bringing it from a, well, watch this. Let me show you what I can do. Right. So as soon as you're in that mindset, you're not creating anymore. You're 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 regurgitating things that, you know, in an effort to impress somebody. Yes. Right. And, yeah. And, and needing that feedback too. like you, you have to stop. You have to not need it. And I learned that a long time ago because, I mean, you know, honestly, early I did. You know, I when I was young, you know, 19, 20 playing in bands. I needed to hear that feedback. I needed to hear I was good. I needed to know, you know, my level of skill compared to others. But somewhere along the way, I just stopped that and I learned it doesn't matter. It's not important at all. 
Well, and you also take it like when people say, oh, dude, you're so great. Or like, you know, I really enjoy your playing. Like your band was really good, but you really stood out to me. Or I really enjoyed your playing. Or you played so well. And like, I wish I could play like you. And it's great to hear that when you're, you know, at any given point in your career, right? Just to bolster your confidence, you know, when you're younger, especially to say, hey, you know, after, you know, a couple of dozen people have told you that, you start to get the feeling like, well, maybe I am really that good, you know? But that's also the the point where you have to say to yourself, yeah, I am that good in their opinion. To me, I still got, I, I got 80% left to go. I'm only, I'm only at 20% of my potential right now. So I'm, you know, I appreciate that that person thinks that, you know, my playing was great and that, you know, it was, it inspired them, but it's like, you don't get an ego from it. Like, oh, of course I'm great. You know, you look at it like <laughs> saying like, I'm glad that they appreciate that where I am on my steps of the journey. Right. Because right. I still have a longer way to go. And it's not like, you know, come see me in two years and we'll see how great I am, you know, but it's that constant evolution of knowing in your mind that you're always getting better. You know, that you're always striving this way. Even if someone said that ah, the band wasn't that great and you're you know, you you weren't that good either. It's like, hey, man, sorry, you didn't enjoy it. You know, <laughs> but to a younger person. Right. They might be devastated by that. But like, oh, man, I should just give up playing like that's like the second or third person that told me that, that they don't like the band. Again, it's subjective. It's their opinion. You know what right. I mean? You can't take it to heart and get discouraged. You know, you just got to move on. Like I said, say, sorry, you didn't enjoy it, man. We'll try, you know. Don't, don't come, you know, find different band to see or, you know, if you do come back, hopefully we do better for you next time, you yeah. know, and, you know, some people you're just not going to please, you know, other people might give you honest feedback like, hey, the band was great, but this, this and this could use work. That's right. Also Which... va- that's also valuable sometimes not to be like F you, man, you're not even in a band. What do you know? I, it's valuable all the time because you take it in and say, yeah. OK, you know, this person is giving me a different perspective that I, I don't have. And what can I do with this information? How can I improve myself or the band or the situation? I mean, in some cases, you can't. Some some people are over the top or they're wrong, and you could just be like, yeah, but but just let it roll off, you know. And yeah, but if your band's great and everyone's telling you how great your band is, you don't want to let it get to you you and your band's head to be like, oh, all these people are telling us how great we are. We're great, you know. Like you said, videotape you yourself. Videotape yes. yourself at a couple of gigs, watch it back, and be your own strongest, honest critic, you know, or have yeah. other musicians that you respect come to your gig and let them give you honest feedback, you know? How right. was the sound? How was the mix? How did the vocals sound? How did this guy sound on this song? How was the volume of the guitar? You know, how did that guy's lead sound? Was the bass loud enough? Did the pocket sound good? How were the right. tempo? You know, like important things that you'd want feedback on. Because right. the average listeners is just having a great time, and that's what they're there for—the experience, you know. But if you get real musicians who can give you some critique, then that's, you know, more important than everyone telling you how great you are all the time. So it's two d- double-sided sword, right? It's good to get yeah. the compliments and the accolades to build confidence, but at the same time, you need real constructive feedback. And if you're not getting it, like I said, videotape your band and watch it back because what you think was a great performance. You know, might have been a good performance or had great moments, but it may not have been as great as you thought it was, you know? Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're starting out, if you're younger. Because I remember, like, I, I played in a band called Exire. It was the, an original band. It was 87, 88. So I was just out of high school. And Neil Casal was a singer. Neil, if some of you know, played uh, with... Uh, Ryan Adams and Chris Robinson Brotherhood and Blackfoot and he was uh, you know an extremely talented musician and he passed away a few years ago but we thought we were God's gifts and and we were young you know so we had the ego and we had the chicks and everything and we, we were we were rock stars but then I would we would go back and watch the video and I'd be like oh <laughs> yeah exactly oh. But you know the good thing about that, though? So you're looking at that going, ugh. But the people at the club, because back then no one had cell phones. No one was videotaping right, right. camera. So the people that left that gig were like, dude, XR was like the greatest band I've ever seen. They were awesome. Like, they got the experience out of it. You know what I mean? Right. So it's only now, like you said, you go back and look at the revealing footage that, you know, you're going to look at it under a microscope. And, of course, you're going to find things. But that's what then you bring that back in a constructive way. And that's what makes the band better. Right. But, you know, you can compete with yourself. That's That can be healthy as long as you don't beat yourself up. But like George said, you guys are right on. There's a point where competition becomes counterproductive. And 
and he said, if it's not driving you creatively or to become a better musician, it's no good. And that's that's correct. Like Tony made the point where sometimes you do do need to compete. Let's say you're in a battle of the bands. Okay, that's a competition thing. 100%. So you want to want to go and be better, but you still don't. You're still just going to go out and be the best that you can be for who you, you are. You don't go up to the other band at the beginning of the show and say, "Sorry, you guys didn't win." Before the you know before the contest, <laughs> right, right, right. Sorry, you guys came like, in second. Like we're going to take you down. Yeah, like sorry you came in second, but just get used to it when we're around. Right. <laughs> like you don't say things like that, right? You shake the guy's hand and wish him luck, you know. And then, like you said, you let your music do the talking, right? You get up there, and if you're going to blow doors off people, you do it with your you know with your performance, you yeah. know. Yeah. You don't you don't go around being a d bag like like acting like you're great, you know. Right. Yeah. I, it's good I, to have I, confidence and swagger, but don't be overconfident and cocky, right? And and always be humble and supportive of your fellow musicians, right? Always be humble. Realize that you you can always you are going to always keep learning. You're always going to keep better. Like you were talking about before, when people come up, like not needing somebody to tell you that you're good. But when people come up and compliment you, it's like, yeah, you handle it with grace and humility. And any time somebody does that for me, and it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, you know, like on Bourbon Street, like it doesn't happen a lot where somebody comes up and says, hey, you're a great bass player or whatever. But it, it happens occasionally. But when it does, I'm always so surprised because I'm like, to me, I'm just doing what I do. You know, this is me. This is like, I, I've been doing this for so long that it's just so natural to me. And I don't think about all the years of practicing that I had to go through all the, all the, the calluses I had to build up on my fingers or like any, I don't think about any of that when I'm playing. I just, this is me. This is what I do. I'm in this. I'm very comfortable in it. And when somebody sees it as that, that I'm good, then I'm, I'm always kind of a little surprised. Cause like, because I don't see it from their perspective. I see it from mine. But that's the best way to look at it. It's just like I'm being creative. I'm being myself. I'm being genuine and honest to who I am. And if somebody appreciates that, the only thing you can do is be grateful and humble and, and that's it. And not think about like, well, I'm better than so-and-so or I'm worse than so That's That's just as bad too, by the way. It, like saying like oh well I'm not as good as so and so I'll never, I'm not be, I'll never be that good yeah yeah it's that's just, just as bad as saying you're uh, oh, I'm better than but you know either that's one that's the perspective though right like yeah. how do I get I admire that guy I'm inspired by that I'm not intimidated by it right like how do right. I how do I get some of his things how do I steal some of his ideas how do I get on board with that you know and whenever like you said someone comes up and says hey I really enjoyed your playing. You know, you always, you know, like you said, you're gracious, like, thank you, really, pre you know, thanks for coming out, really appreciate you supporting the band, and, you know, and thank you, because I really enjoyed playing for you, you know, I really enjoyed sharing my, you know, talents with you, right, and not right. in a cocky way, right, We're, when you're on stage and you're playing an instrument and you're doing your job, you have a talent, right, and you can't be, you can't downplay that, but you shouldn't also hang your hat on it, like, well, of course you like my playing because I'm talented, you know, right. You've been given a talent, but you've also, like you said, invested your time and dedication to develop that talent, right? It doesn't just happen, right? So you have to, you know, that person, like you said, comes up and compliments you. They don't see the, the 10,000 hours that you put into honing your craft, you know? Right. All the hours of practice that you put in on a pad when you weren't playing with the band, right? Not that you had to, but you did, and that made you better. And all the times you had to play... You know, and, you know, for a drummer especially, and I mean, you know, like you had said a couple weeks back when, like, Rich Redmond came, sat in with you guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. He played really hard, right? Because he plays in arenas, and that's the right. way he plays. But there's a lot to be said where, you know, when I was on tour with Eye of the Storm, I played super hard. And we'd play in the clubs. The guys are always like, oh, my God, dude, you guys are you're so loud, and you're playing the drums so hard. But it's like, that's the only volume I play at because I play 100 gigs a year like that. And I'm like, that's what I do. Right. But then when you get into a cover band situation and you're in a club that can't support volume, right, or it's a small place, then you learn how to play with intensity and energy with dynamics, right? So right. how do you drive a song without bashing the hell out of the drums, right? Right. It can be done, but it's very, very challenging, right? right. To keep the energy and the, the, the push forward, but play restrained. Right, that's you know? probably more 
uh, important for drummers than any other instrument because of the thing, you could still turn your bass down and still right. dig in hard on the strings and play just like you've been playing. It just won't be as loud. Right. You know, drums. It's like you have to hit things quieter. You have to play softer, but you have to keep the intensity of right. an upbeat song. Right. Like you're playing something like working for the weekend. Right. Like it's got to be upbeat and it's got to be driving, you know, dirty deeds. It's got to be driving. But, you, you know, sometimes you can't play at that volume. You know, so that that's that's uh, a something that's developed over time. You know, and yeah, that comes with experience yeah, and just totally. playing in different venues and different bands and different yeah. circumstances. And yeah, yeah, I mean that that's just something you learn on the job, really. I mean, somebody could tell you that, but you're not going to really get it until you do it. Yeah, until they tell you, band's too loud, you have to turn down. Well, what do you yeah. have to turn down? But how am I going to play? Right. Well, you right. got to figure it out. You know. How do I turn my drums down? Where's the volume knob? Right, right. <laughs> the like you turn, like, you know, turn this down. Tell like, your yeah. drummer to stop hitting the snare so hard. Yeah, the cymbals are really loud. But basically, like any time, and that's happened to me. And there was a post about it recently in the group too, about uh, you know, you start the band starts playing, and then the owner comes up, says, "You guys got to, got, yeah, you got to yeah. turn down, everybody." <laughs> turn. It almost always falls on the drummer because, like, yeah. the drummer is setting really kind of volume for everybody. And it's the cymbals that really drive that, too. So you have to be careful with how you hit your cymbals and how you play certain things. But I will tell you this. Sometimes when you're in the club and you can be sitting there and you can just go, da 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 dun da dun da dun and you're like, wow, that's really loud. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. When you do that. As soon as the band starts playing and everyone's playing together, it's like you can't even hear the drums anymore. Right. It's not always a drummer's fault, but when they do say turn down, yeah, you got to be conscious of how you're lowering your volume drum-wise because it's very easy to get carried away. Especially you might play the first couple of songs quiet, but then now you're loosened up and you're into the groove and things are flowing and the next song comes. And before you know it, you know, you're, you're almost at max volume. Right. You know? But the cool That's, thing... No, say, yeah, Facebook uh, user, no. No, I've used drum shields in the past, and listen, it definitely cuts down on the... The transient, that the ambient transients that come from the kit, you know, especially the cymbals and the and, and the hi hat and the snare, it definitely cuts down on that state, on that projection. You know what I mean? But right. it's definitely a big difference. You know, when you're behind, excuse me, when you're behind that plexiglass, it's it's loud because right. everything's coming back at you. So if you got in ears, it's not so bad. But if you're just playing with through a monitor, it it can be challenging. You know, I've had that experience so many times. So we're we're. And it's usually because there's nobody else in the room, you know, and you start playing and then all of a sudden the manager comes out. Like, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's way too loud. <laughs> if there's a lot of people in the room, it says, but I, I deal with that. It's funny how you were saying about the drums, like it sounds really loud. I'm usually the first to show up at my gig on, on uh, the weekend. And I like to get like I like to get everything set up like ready to go as soon as possible. And I love when I get to do it before anybody else arrives. Like I have everything plugged in, I'm tuned. I have everything set up, my mic set up. And then, you know, I'll do that and I'll turn on the amp and it'll be set at the volume that I had played the day before. And I'll, there's nobody in the room at all. And there's no TVs on, no noise. And I'll just play and I'll be like, oh, that's loud. Yeah, right, like how exactly. we play, I was playing that loud. Yeah, and and then I turn it down. That when I do sound check, and then I always end up going turn it back up. Yeah, it's just like, you know, but drums definitely drive that because yeah, like you yeah. Said, but when you do play quietly, your dynamic range, the headroom is so much greater. Like if you want to, you know, end of a song, if you want to start quiet and then build it to like this huge roar, right? You got you got a whole bunch of runway. You know, if you're right. already at eight. You know, at a ten on a volume scale, you don't have much room to really make that dramatic, you know, volume increase. You know, there's no, you know, dynamics is the most important thing I I, I feel for a drummer to be able to to, to be oh, a master yeah. of. You know what I mean? Because you that dictates the whole vibe of the song. If you play at one volume all the time, it's going to sound that way. It's going to sound like a, a machine, you know? And there's, listen, there's certain genres of music that call for that, right? There's certain gigs that you do want to do that, you know? If you're in a metal band, you know, I remember Vinnie Paul from Pantera. Uh, we met him one time and he was saying, like, I don't have any finesse. I don't have any nuance. Like, I play at one volume. I play aggressive and I play hard. Mm -hmm. You know, you won't hear me playing quiet little, you know, nuances and, and, and little things. He's like, power. 
all the time, all the way. Because, you know, between Pantera and Hell Yeah, that's the type of music that calls for that style of drumming. You know? Right. You got to drive all the time at maximum intensity. Right. But like Doug said, volume appropriateness is where drummers like Liberty DeVito really shine. Yeah. No one plays to the song better than he does. Liberty's yeah. obviously awesome. Total um, pro. But when you see him play live, he plays super hard. Yeah. You know, but he but you could still play. You that. could still play super hard and still use dynamics too. It's just oh, yeah. it's it's kind of relative on that. Yeah, but I, but know? album wise, yeah, Liberty's great. You know, yeah. on all those Billy songs, he plays with such great dynamics and finesse. You know, no doubt. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what are we? What's the takeaway from all this? Tony? Competition versus creativity. I think that. A healthy dose of competition can can boost you, but to be creative, you need to be open-minded and you need to not worry about competing with other people. Compete with yourself, right? If you want to be the most creative person that you can be, compete with yourself, right? Worry about how much better you are tomorrow than you are today. And don't worry about the guy next to you who's maybe more gifted or been playing for 10 years longer than you or maybe, like you said, just started playing but it has a different attitude, you know, that's his thing, man. We all bring something different, you know? Yeah. Buddy Rich is not going to play in Metallica, and Lars is not going to play in a Buddy Rich big band, right? They each bring their own thing to their situation, right? Right. And they're not in competition with each other because they're, they each do something completely different from one another, right? Yeah. So, you know, you pick up a bass and I pick up a bass if I could play bass. We're going to play completely different, you know? Your personality yeah. is going to come through. Your style is going to come through. My personality is going to come through. It's just going to be different, you know? And that's why we're all unique, like you said. And there really shouldn't be competition, right? And right. let's face it, you can always tell the musicians that are in competition. So that's the one thing I would say your takeaway is. You may say... Oh, I'm not in competition with anybody and I'm humble and I know I'm good, but I don't pretend, you know, I don't walk around and boast about it. But you can tell guys from their demeanor and their attitude and the way that they play on stage if they're in competition, if they're saying, look at me or if they're being creative. Right. You certainly can. And when yeah. you look at pros, professional professionals, you know, in any genre, they're typically not in competition with each other. Simon Phillips is not saying, hey, I hope, you know, Neil sees what I'm playing. Right, I know he's right. in rush, and I'm in. You know, I'm not in rush, but but I can do things that he can't do. Right. That's great because you're Simon Phillips, right? Right. And he's Neil, and he's going to do his thing. You know, and Terry Bozio is going to do his thing, and Mike Portnoy is right. going to do his thing, and they're all great drummers, but they're all going to bring something different that the other guy can't do. You right. Know? And yeah, and definitely be honest with yourself. Pay attention to yourself. Know when when you're falling into that trap. And definitely don't beat yourself up either. Forgive yourself up. Forgive yourself and just and notice it, but then let it go. You know that's like no, no negative self talk. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Um, so talk, I hope talk, talk yourself up to yourself, yeah. right? Yes. Don't talk, don't talk yourself down because when you say things, those words then put other things into action in the unseen that will affect you. Agreed. Whether you believe it or not. If you say, oh, I'm just not a good player and I never will be. You've just kind of set your stage for where you're heading. Yeah, you get to decide. Don't don't forget about that. Right. Um, all right. Thank you, guys. I, I hope you guys took something away from this that's valuable. We appreciate doing this every week. And uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us here. Um, CoverBandCentral.com is where you can go and sign up for a profile for you, your band, or both. It's free. Go check that out. Join the contest. Win a Hercules a tablet phone holder. CoverBandCentral.com slash contest. The link is in the description. You could just click that link. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You got any uh, questions, concerns, Steve at CoverBandCentral.com. You can always give stars to, yeah. uh, to throw a little love back to us for what we do. But we enjoy doing this. We, we've been doing it for a long time now. And we enjoy having you guys here with us every week. 183 hours. Yes. I see. Yes. And you can check all those uh, on the YouTube channel or some of them. Anyway, um, we'll be back next week, next Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Join us live. We really like when you're here live and we can interact with you guys and tell us uh, where you're from and all that. Um, enter the contest. We'll see you.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.